0: everybody, what's up? Man, I am excited about today. But before we get started, can I just come clean to y'all about something? Can, can, can y'all just give me a couple of minutes? Bear with me. Listen, if you're watching online, this might get a little weird. Just trust me, just trust me. Um, I just wanna, you know, I, I feel burdened to get this off my chest before I go into preaching. Pastor Josh was supposed to start this relationship goal uh, series off and he had a word and it was powerful and and let me tell you kind of what happened uh, so you know how to pray because listen before any of y'all judge me I don't know that I did anything I just want to te- I want to get it out in the open okay so uh, probably about Thursday or so pastor Josh asked me he texts me and he's like hey what's the name of that barbecue place that uh we ate at that was really good in Aniston. now i want to tell you that this barbecue place that we ate at that was really good in Aniston, i didn't actually get to eat at because what we were doing is w- me and pastor josh we were uh and, and our friend chris croto we were heading to a conference in in dallas okay and so we stopped off at this barbecue place and i don't know what it was i'm not one to get car sick I'm not one to get nerves, like I'm hanging out with my friends, we're getting ready to go spend some time with God, we're getting ready to go learn from some awesome leaders and stuff like that, but I was sick as a dog on the way, and listen, you know me, barbecue, listen, I will eat it, and I will throw it up. I'm just going to be honest, I'm okay with that. I love barbecue to the point to where I'll eat it anyway, but I got so sick, and I ordered this big, beautiful hickory potato. And it came with this amazing pulled pork and this cheese sauce and barbecue sauce and bacon. And I was like, oh, I can't even eat this. I'm so nauseous, right? And so I didn't get to eat it. They got to eat it. I remembered the name of it, even though I didn't get to eat it. So last week, Pastor Josh was asking me, what's the name of this barbecue place? Now, I just want to tell you, it didn't come with, hey, man, you want to meet me at that barbecue place in Aniston?" This was literally, what's the name of that barbecue place? And I, I put out some feelers and, and stuff like that. I never got anything back. And so I just... I I was bitter. I I hated him in my heart. Um, And so what I did is I I started, I was like, Lord, you know, if he goes and eats barbecue at this place again without me, Lord, get him, get him, you know, and I prayed that. And and then I I got the call yesterday that he has been sick and in bed and just taken out by this bug. And I want to just go ahead and clear the air. It's not the Rona. You know uh he, but he's been sick in bed, and so before I could preach, I just wanted to let y'all know what happened. And, and y'all can judge, but but whatever. Either pray for your pastor's healing, pray for me and my bitterness. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit of both. But I just wanted to get that out in the open today because that is where Pastor Josh is at. Is he is sick in bed, recovering from a curse, maybe a bug? Who knows at this point? We're not gonna we're not gonna keep just dwelling on that. But I just want to let you know. That's what's happening. And so we're going to still kick off this relationship series. It's Valentine's Day. And listen, I want to encourage everybody, do not unplug from this message. This is not a normal relationship. Uh, series, And I can tell you that our job as a church is to minister the gospel, to tell people about Jesus and the very first relationship that we want you to have is with Jesus Christ. So this is going to be for you, no matter what stage of life. That you are in right now. But we're gonna kind of build some foundations today. We're gonna kind of take a broad view of some stuff because we're gonna spend uh, several weeks here. Pastor Josh has some words that, that he just feels like God's given him. And, and man, it's gonna be good, but we're, th- this isn't just something we need on Valentine's Day, right? This is something that we need in our life. Are y'all gonna be quiet all day? Yeah. Yes? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> at least they're honest. It's awkward. But uh, so it's not something that we just need on Valentine's Day. This is something that we need in our lives because, again, our, our first priority is a relationship with Jesus. And these, these foundations are going to work there, too. And so I just want to encourage you to press in. I also want to tell you today that because uh, of us changing and stuff, we're not going to have quite so many presentations and notes and stuff like that this morning. So y'all just... Man, y'all just follow me. Y'all just, y'all just get in the Bible. Y'all just follow me. Write some stuff down. This would be a good time to write some stuff down because uh, it's not going to be up on the screen this morning. Amen. So we see relationship goals. That's what the title of this this message series is and the message the title of today's message is called before the person if you're taking notes it's called before the person but we see relationship goals in pop culture we see hashtag relationship goals we see it on Instagram Twitter uh Pinterest we see it on Facebook we see all these things it's always relationship goals especially this time of year churches are doing this relationship goals uh People are striving for certain goals, people are, are, are striving for things in themselves, they're striving for things in other people, they're striving for things in their friendship. And I thought it would be appropriate for us to kinda go all the way back to the beginning and just take a look at what God had to say about relationships because relationships are being defined more by pop culture and what the world says instead of what God says because many places that many churches are not teaching relationships and love and all this stuff with balance, understanding, and with wisdom. And so what happens is you get this twisted view and then it makes everybody run and it hates it. You, you know, and it just seems more easy to go with what the world's telling you to go with. It just seems more easy to go in the direction that everybody else is going, amen? It's easier, but I don't really believe that God had that plan for relationships. I believe that God is going to give us wisdom and revelation this morning because I believe that he wants you to have good relationships, okay? So I'm... Here's one thing, this is, this is something in my heart. I'm ready for us as a church to start being the example of what relationships should look like. What relationships should look like in our lives, I want the church to start being that example because when people think about relationships and they think about love and good friends and good marriages, they don't think about Christians right? When, when they think about healthy relationships and, and non-dysfunctional relationships and stuff like that, they don't think about God's people. And the reason is, honestly, if we'll be real real in this place, many believers have just a history of failing at relationships. Just a history of failing at relationships, right? And I mean, if we're being really honest, there's no difference uh, in, in statistics between Christians and sexual relationships. There's no difference in Christians and divorce. There's no difference in Christians and friendship drama. Come on, somebody. You didn't know I was going to come and tell you to be a good friend in this place. But listen, there is no difference. So why would the world look to us, and let's let's be honest today. Let's look at, at ourselves. Let's look at the church. Let's let's get in there because if we're not, then we can get to the place where we believe this is normal. Amen. Father God, I just pray right now that this just gets root in our heart. God, I pray that everybody that needs to hear whatever they need to hear, if it's just one little word today, God, you let them hear it. And we just exalt you for what you're doing today and through this series. In your holy name, I repent for poisoning Pastor Josh. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right, so today's just the introduction, right? You, you don't want to miss a single week of this relationship series. Um, like I said, Pastor Josh has some great things. I'm just going to set the table for us and, and start to show you what this thing is going to look like. Um, if you want to, get out your notes, get out your Bible. I want to look at some terminology first. You know, we're talking about relationship goals. Can I get somebody to say relationship goals? Relationship goals. Uh, yes, I think they said that we were able to go live on Facebook today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So listen, if you're watching live on Facebook, put in the chat relationship goals. How many people here have some relationship goals? Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. We have some relationship goals. We have goals with our friends, with our family, and our marriage. You have goals in your relationships. But I think a lot of people understand the relationship part right? They understand that they want to be connected with somebody. They understand that they want to be able to walk and talk with somebody. They understand that they want to be able to have community with somebody. But here it is, the goal part is where I think it gets a little misconstrued. It starts to get a little distorted. And so I want to look at the definition of goal today, because I think that will clear up just a whole lot right now. Goal is the result or achievement towards which an effort is directed. The result or achievement towards which effort is directed. So effort had to be directed in order to reach a goal. You can look at this no matter if you're single, married, divorced, it's complicated, you're a stalker, you don't know what you are yet, uh, right? I don't care what level of relationship that you're in right now, this is for you because God wants you to have successful relationships. Amen? But many of us don't have aim. We don't have aim directed when it comes to relationships. We take whatever comes, we take whatever's comfortable, we do whatever's comfortable, we do whatever feels right at the time, but we don't have aim. And if you don't have aim, you cannot have relationship goals and uh i would I would say that I saw this video this week while preparing for this message. I did see this video while preparing for this message, but it was a very little window to prepare so so um, i didn 't get a chance to like bring this video with me, and it really stinks but what it is is it 's this this lady, and right it, she you can tell she 's got a a bow, and you can tell she 's got a quiver and some arrows and it 's like this real cinematic opening right it the the camera's kind of panning and it 's like showing credits and it 's showing vision and all this stuff and it 's supposed to be all these targets that she has, and she looks like an archer, you know it looks like something off of a marvel movie and and she takes her bow and she she takes it, she puts an arrow in it, she raises it up and she pulls it back and you see the target and then by now you're still seeing just the back of her head. Then the camera pans and she's blindfolded and you're like, oh, this is going to be tight, right? And so is tight still good to use? Okay. All right, good. I get all the generations. I love, I love all the generations, you know? What is it? Okay, so tight. Yeah, tight. Uh, fleek. I'm still holding on to that one. Um, fleek is... No? Okay. So so she it pans around, right? And she has this arrow and it goes slow motion, you know, just that, that quintessential Robin Hood, just the, the arrow kind of, you know, and it shoots off. And then all of a sudden the camera moves and the arrow goes right in someone's tire. And it, it just... And then... She, she takes another one, boom, again, right in the taillight of this car, right? And so then um, she does it again and it hits a tree and then she does it again and you hear like <laughs> You know, and, and so then she does it again and you hear, whoa, 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 the target's over there and then it just cuts, right? And so I was thinking of how funny that video was and, and I was like, man, as funny as that is, isn't that what many of our relationships look like? right? Right? Isn't that? We, we kind of have a target, but but we don't necessarily aim at that target, right? Like you might be the one. I really want stronger friendships. I really want a stronger relationship with my family. I want a stronger marriage, stronger relationship with my kids. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'd be happy if I could just stop yelling at my kids. That's what I need. I'd just stop yelling at my kids. You know, we pray for all these stuff. We want all these stuff, but we're not aimed at all at anything. We're so blinded by what culture says that we shoot at everything. And what ends up happening is you have people and things that get damaged when we do not have a clear aim for what God wants us to have in relationship. Yeah, I want us to go back to the beginning because it's one of those things that as I start to look at, I start to see the groundwork of, of uh, relationships in the Bible. I, it's really cool because if you're looking at culture as the barometer of what relationships should look like, that, what marriage should look like, then you're going to see that these things look different from decade to decade. It looks different from from generation to generation, right? This is what marriage is supposed to look like now. This is what marriage is supposed to look like now. This is uh, what it looked like in another decade. This is what it's supposed to look like today, right? This is what it, now we have Netflix and chill, right? Now, Now you don't even have to be committed to, well, I'll just leave that there. We can fill in the dots right there, right? My voice cracked, it's okay. We'll embrace it, it happens it's going to happen again. I'm 37. It still does it, right? It's going to happen. Um, We don't even have to be committed, and I'm saying that what God wants for every single one of us today is to have relationships, but also have relationship goals. Be aimed at something, and be aimed at something that is stable, aimed at something that is unmoving and let me say to you that the only thing that is unchanging unmoving unwavering is the word of god isaiah tells us like this the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our god stands forever now i know that we've had Everybody teach us how to do relationships. The Kardashians teach us how to do relationships. Everybody's teaching us how to do relationships. And I'm asking you today, church, to let the standard of relationships be the word of God. Can we possibly see what happen in our hearts, and our lives, and our mind if we would start to follow the biblical model of relationships? So let's go all the way to the beginning. We're going to be in Genesis 1, starting out. We're going to go to Genesis 2. We're kind of just going to bounce back and forth and grab some stuff. You don't really, if you want to, you can follow along, but I'm just going to really be just grabbing stuff and and reiterating and paraphrasing and stuff like that. So don't get like, he's not reading the Bible if I, you know, if it's not. Get what I'm saying? Yeah? All right. So Genesis is the first time that we see relationship. Genesis is the first time we start to see God say that, these things are good, and it's also the first time we see God say it's not good, and we're going to get to that because, you know, you tell your children things are not good. We, we tell people, hey, don't eat that. Don't go there because it's not good. So let me help you kind of paint this picture, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Some translation says God saw the light, and he said it was good. If we go to verse 10, God called the dry ground land, the water sea, God saw that it was good good. All right. Y'all help me out this morning. Then he made vegetation, broccoli, spinach, kale, all of those things, you know, soul food, you know, right. And he said, come on, say it with me. He said, it's good, right. Verse 18. He says, let me go ahead and make the differentiate. I can't say that word. It's too early in the morning. It's, 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 it's differentiation. Yeah? Okay? Okay. Between day and night, he said, here's the sun, here's the moon, and it was, say it with me, good. Good. He made all the fish, the birds, he made the animals, and he said it was good. I would like to think that this is the time that God created barbecue. You listen, y'all need to pray for me, because when I was writing this whole thing. All I could think about was food. And I was like, he made the plants and the vegetables and he, with the skewers and, and they ate it. And then the, I'm, I'm reading about the animals and I'm like, I'd eat a lion. I'd eat a lion. You know, I'd do it. And, and I just, just pray for me because listen, I think it's getting to the point to where it's, it's maybe leading something. Okay. Then he made man. It's good. Six days. It's good. I mean, perfect. Everything's good. At the end of everything he did, he said, it's good. And then we find, except for one thing, we find this in Genesis 2, verse 18. he, He says, it's not good for a man to be alone. So I am going to make a helper who is just right for him. The point today is God wants relationship for you. Some of us have shut ourselves out. We've shut ourselves up and we're seeing that our relationships are damaged. We're seeing the ones that used to be kind of like our foundation relationships, right? They're starting to get damaged. They're starting to get stretched. They're starting to get broke. We're starting to feel alone. We are out there on this island and that was never God's intent for you. God created you to be in relationship with others. All the introverts out there are going to hate this, but the roaring 20s have given you an out, and most of us us has taken it. And and, and many of the issues that we're seeing in our lives right now come up in, in our relationships and in our friendships were not issues when God was using those friendships and those relationships to grow you. It's when we decided to take over and change things that we started seeing a lot of these issues. God created you to be in relationship, and it's not just like that's a good option. He said that it's not a good idea. He said it's not good for you to be alone, for you to be set up in a life that is guarded, gated, by yourself, isolated, because that is when the enemy comes to attack, amen? When you're isolated in your thoughts, you're isolated in relationship, you're isolated in, 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 in the things that you do, you're, you're locked up, you're locked. The, the problem is, is you may think you're locking a lot of that bad stuff out, but you're also locking all the good stuff that God wants to do through that out. And you're letting cracks come in for the enemy because that's where the enemy becomes your best friend because he'll suggest things like, like, like he'll whisper and tell you that, that who you are is not really who you are or or you can't when you really can and I want to tell you that the enemy's native tongue is lie so if you ever hear anything that goes against the Word of God and against God's principles guess what it is it's a lie you could just go ahead and mark it out you could not listen to it because it's a lie but I want to ask you today church how many of them do we believe How many of them do we believe? How many of them are we believing right now in our lives? Um, How many of them do we accept and we've let them take root in our heart? And then we, we... they grow into to things that stop us from reaching God's purpose in our lives. Isn't it, isn't it funny how something like relationships and, and these little hurts can keep us from reaching God's purpose in our lives? And what God's saying is if you have somebody around you, they can point these things out to you. Like I have some friends, true story, true story. I have a friend that looked at me and he goes, bro, you're not fat. You're short. That's what kind of friend you need. That's what kind of friend you need. Somebody that says, "Don't believe the lie of the enemy," right? Right? Don't believe that you will never, don't believe that you can't because you need people around you that will help you, that will hold you when you're feeling down, that will that will help you along, that will pray for you, that will be there when you start feeling these attacks of the enemy. And honestly, I think that the reason why so many attacks of the enemy are so successful right now is because we are not operating in relationship like God wants us to. In 2020 and 2021, it has become so easy to just disappear off the face of the earth. People are working from home. Kids aren't going to school. You know, and and we think about... We're, we're seeing a lot more anxiety. We're seeing a lot more depression. We're seeing a lot more, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot more discouragement. We're seeing a lot more attacks. And, you know, at, at some point we have to look and say, what's changed? What's different, right? I I, I feel like that I don't really want to stay here very much longer, but I just need you to understand that God wants relationship for you today. I believe this is healing for somebody today. He does not He wants you to have that that friend, even though maybe you've had friends that's left you high and dry. He wants you to have a safe place in a church, even though, listen, I know the last time it didn't work out. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're scared to get involved. Maybe you're scared to find your purpose because you don't know if you can live up to it. And it's all because of, of all these things that the enemy has been able to tell you because our relationships weren't right but he still wants to use you he still wants to use you he still wants to use you to reach that those that are waiting on you that's always something so sobering that there are people out there that are waiting on me to reach them and god wants to use you he wants you to be in the marriage that works he wants you to be in the, the relationship surrounded by love, honor, respect, and fun, and the marriage that's, that's, that's surrounded by love, honor, respect, and fun. Come on, married people, fun, fun. Come on. God, God wants your kids to be blessed because of you. God wants you to be blessed because of your kids. God wants, man, I feel like I'm preaching some healing to somebody right now. God wants that for you because God is a redeemer. So whatever's broken, whatever's messed up, whatever's dysfunctional, whatever it was in your life, God says, I'll take all of that. I'll take all of that. And if you'll allow me to, to say something for a minute, is it po- it, it, it's amazing how it's possible to be completely surrounded by people and still feel so utterly alone. Because that's where a lot of people live their everyday life. They live their everyday life. They've surrounded themselves by noise and by people, but they are utterly alone. And these are the people that, that listen to me, God wants relationship for you. Okay, so we start looking at this and um, I know you know this, but in Ecclesiastes 4:9 it says that two people are better than one. Right? I'm going to stop right there. You can read the rest of it on your own time, but I just want you to realize that two of y'all is better than one right so who are you linked up with today who's god trying to link you up with for those uh when you find those people when you find the those people that god is trying to send your way when you find those people you will be better and i'll just go ahead and read the rest of it listen to this it says for they can help each other succeed Two are better than one because they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, man, how many people have fallen in your life? I'll raise my hand. I've fallen... More times than I probably really want to admit up here on the platform, I've fallen. And if one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. And, and this is one of the ways that you can tell that your relationship is a godly relationship just by the qualification of, does that relationship help you? Because we tolerate relationships that are taking away from us all the time, taking our peace, taking our joy taking parts of us that, that weren't meant to be giving away. But I want to ask you, are they helping you? It doesn't take a word from God to look and say, hey, this person is keeping me stuck to my chains, so it's time to, time to cut the chains. He wants one of your goals to be that the relationships that you are in are to be successful. God wants relationship with you first. Then he wants relationship for you with others. Now, when I was growing up, I grew up in church. Um, I kind of stopped going to church for several years. And during that time, I went from girls are yucky to what's up? You know what I mean? Um, And so I started going back to church in my early teenage years when when you're just insane. Listen, at, during that time, you're insane. If you don't believe that you're insane, then you don't remember puberty like I do. You was you insane, okay? And so I started going back to church, and I remember that that when they would talk about stuff, they didn't talk about the stuff that I was dealing with, right? Everything was just bad. It reminded me of the water boy, you know, with his mama. Everything's the devil. balls the devil. That girl's the devil. You know, everything's the devil. And and I was starting to think, especially when you start getting into relationship, friendships, it doesn't matter, uh, friends of the opposite sex. When you started dating, right, it's all the devil. And what I want to you is they're not the devil, but the relationships uh, where the purpose is not known opens the door for the devil. right? To, a, a, and so I came to the conclusion that if we know the purpose for our relationship, then we won't allow for the cracks that let him into our relationship. And I want us to look at this because I think God's designed an order for your relationships to be successful, because He wants you to succeed in relationship. I don't know if I've said that already. So he laid out an order and he gave it to us in, in Genesis 2. We're going to start at verse 8. Then we're going to skip down to verse 15. And uh, there's some things that if you're following along, you can underline or just kind of keep in your memory. But it says in, in chapter 2, verse 8, Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east. There he placed the man he had made. If you're underlining or you're taking notes, just a... Uh, Underline placed or right placed down right there. Then it says, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and delicious, or, or, or that produced delicious fruit. Right there in verse 9, I want you to underline God made. And then all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. Underline the word produced. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So he placed, he made, and he provided. He placed, he made, And he provided. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of evil, uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we'll jump down to verse 15, and he's going to give us the reason that he placed man in the garden. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Underline tend and watch. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you are surely to die just draw a circle a bomb exploding around it, except whatever you need to do to remember except right there because I could tell you we're not gonna go much further in the story but they had forgot about that word right there and I want us to remember that word right there except uh, I, I, now I want us to, to see this in progression I skipped ahead I gave you verse 18 earlier and remember it said it's not good for man to be alone so I'll make a helper who is just right for him now I think there's five things that God wanted to give all of us before he gave us a person and and, and this person could be whatever person you want it to be maybe it's you Maybe somebody's praying for you, and God wants to do this before he's going to give you to somebody. Maybe, maybe you're, you're praying, I've, man, I've been in a weird place before where I was like, man, I just need some friends. I just need some friends, and, and, and before he ever gave a person, God gave some foundation. I think there's some things that he wants to give all of us, some things that he wants to deposit in our life before he can bring us to the place to where we're ready to partner. Many times we look for, for people to take the place of God, to, to take what only God can give, and he he laid this really clear line out, and I'm just going to kind of run through this. Um, I hope you grab them, and, and, and honestly, I just hope they help you today. The first thing that God desires to give you before he gives you a person is he desires to give you a place, a place. God desires to place you in a place where he knows purpose can happen in your life. He, he, he wants me to help you today. Many of us desire to place ourselves. Amen? Many of us desire to, to go to a certain place. We're searching for the place, but we're going to put ourselves there. We're searching for people to validate that place that we're in. We're searching for people to validate what we're doing. And God gave Adam a place that he didn't even have anything to do with. God created Eden, and he placed him. And, and I don't think that it's a coincidence of where you're placed today. Where God has you placed because God's saying to you that there's some things that I have to teach you. There's some things that I want to do inside of you. There's some things that I want to do, but you're not ready yet. And we know that God does this because he did it to the Israelites. He, he took them in different passages and different ways that didn't make sense to them at the time because he knew that if they made it to the promised land too early, they would not be ready to take it, okay? And, and, and so what God is wanting to do in the place that you're placed is he's wanting to get you prepared for what he's got next for you, and we fight him so hard on this, guys, we fight him so hard on this. Come on, y'all. We fight the job that God's got us placed in right now. We, we fight the, the the situation that God's got us placed in right now. We fight the, the friends that are going through things right now, and they're looking for people to help them right now. They're, they're, we, we fight this, and I, I, I don't know why. It, I guess because we don't have the, the ability to see what this is going to look like on the other side. And sometimes it's hard going through it, come on. Uh, listen, I'm going to come into your house today with this, guys. We fight the people that God's placed around us. We fight the people that God's planted in our lives. We fight the church that God's planted us in. Like, we don't like that they do like that. They don't, we don't like that they don't do this song. And, and listen to me, maybe you're the answer. Maybe you're the answer for something that's supposed to happen up ahead, but you're fighting in the place that God has you put in right now. You may not see it while you're there. Adam didn't know why he was there at first. That's where the second thing that God gave us is purpose. It says God placed him in Eden to tend and work the land. And see, what people is missing is they're trying to get a person in there. They're ignoring the place so they don't understand their purpose. They, They got in their place. But they're fighting it and God's trying to say, listen, I've got a purpose for you in this place. And if you would embrace the place that God has placed you, then you will start to embrace the purpose of why he put you there. And listen, get all this. All of this was before God gave Adam a person. So God placed Adam God gave him a purpose. And see, sometimes in our lives, the place where God's got us placed and the purpose that he's got in our lives looks like a rock and a hard place. And it's got you questioning, why am I here? Why is this going on? I was there just a couple of weeks. I'll just be transparent. I was having such bad anxiety. Listen, I've never struggled with this until, you know, the last couple of years as I've gotten older and I had such bad anxiety and and I was having panic attacks and stuff like that. And I remember praying. I'm like, God, why is this happening? Why am I here? Why? why is this? Has anybody been in that place where you're questioning that? We're we're questioning why is it that I'm here? Why, Why is this happening? And the only thing that I can come to the conclusion is if I'm here and it's uncomfortable and I know God's got me placed here, then it's for my growth. God's trying to Birth something in me and grow something in me, and that's why He's got me placed here. And I believe the same for you that God's got something for you, so He's got you placed where you will be ready to receive it when the time comes. Until you stop fighting, having people in places that God can only fill, you'll always be disappointed, you'll always be looking. So the first thing God gave Adam was a place, then he gave him purpose, and I want you to see this other part because then he gave him provision. He gave him provision. He provides what you need where you're placed, amen? Sometimes it doesn't look like we wanted to have, uh, be provided for us. Sometimes it doesn't look like the thing that that we were praying for. Sometimes it doesn't look like exactly maybe maybe it's not quite as much money as you thought it should be. Maybe it's not quite as much but But listen there's provision in where you're placed, and provision doesn't just necessarily have to mean that that it's the stuff that we want and we need. Think about. All the things that God has done in your life that you didn't even know to ask for yet. Provision. He placed him, gave him purpose, and gave him provision. Then God gave him identity. Okay? In verse 8, it says, He placed the man that he had made... But now, if you go back to Genesis one twenty six, man and woman was actually mentioned there. We found out that they how they were made, and God says he 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 kind of skips over the fact that they were made, but he he makes sure to put this in there. He says, "Let us make man in our image." That means we're to be like who we're to look like who, not the world. We're made in God's image. If your identity, who you think you are, your character, your personality, your traits, who you are, are any of those things, if any of those things are being defined by anything else other than God, I want to challenge you today to change that because there's a good chance that you have a messed up view of your identity. And the enemy's tactic for you is to kind of get you to, to believe that messed up uh, view of yourself, that messed up uh that messed up picture of yourself it's to not have you know who you are because again The enemy's just got to get you ineffective. And I can tell you right now, the enemy is not scared of somebody who's faking to be a Christian on Sunday. The enemy is not scared of somebody who don't know who they are. The enemy is not scared of somebody who does not have a purpose. The enemy is scared, is not scared of somebody who's posing to be somebody else, right? Knowing who you are, serving God, and being who he has created you to be, that's someone he's scared of. You don't have to guess at your identity either because God has given it to you. So that's why I go back to the thing that doesn't change. I go back to the word of God. I, I go back to, to that foundation because the problem is most believers have not been in that place long enough to find out their identity and to get their foundation, and so people tell you who your identity is on Facebook. We see stuff on social media, and we're like, man, I wish that was me, or man, I'm pretty much just like them, so why am I not like rich and, you know, we, we have the same house. Why is mine crazy and theirs looks like a beautiful farmhouse, you know, and we start to see this thing or we, we start to have our business partners, our business meeting people around you, people are, that don't know their identity will start to tell you yours. And all this other stuff comes in. And you take on that perception of yourself. And God's saying to you today, don't believe that lie because I created you. I know the things that I want to use. You know, one of the, my favorite things, I've said this several times, but my wife has a lot of awesome quirks. She's just really funny. She's got some quirks. I love them. And I believe that those quirks are going to be used to change people's lives. And the same can be said about you. The things that you think are bad things, the things that the enemy's touching on, are are the very things that God is wanting to use that says, no, 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 that's what makes you different. That's what makes you able to reach them when I can't. That's what makes you able... To, to bring and speak into people's lives when I can't, to touch more people. But you have to know your identity is confirmed and affirmed in him. That's what God gave to Adam, and that's what he gave to us. But he did it all before he, he gave him a person. So let me tell you the last thing. As a band, if you would, go ahead and prepare to close. We got four of them. We got place, purpose, provision, and identity. And then look at this, number five. Then he gave him parameters. That's not as cool of a word, is it? Parameters. That's, that's like, I, I wanted to have this cool word, uh, but, but really, that's rules. Parameters are guidelines. Parameters is a, is a hey, Don't do outside of this. Look at it. He he said in verse sixteen, but the Lord warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except And, and and what the world will focus on and what the world will ask you is why is there an except? They don't they don't look at the fact that you've got everything else in the garden. You've got everything else, and we know that God said that it was good. Listen to you. If God tells you something, listen to you, listen to me. If God tells you that something is good, can we just agree it's probably pretty good? It's probably pretty good. I don't care what it is. If God gives me something and he says it's good, I'm going to take his word for it. And so we've got all these trees, all these animals And God said that it's good, but the world is saying, well, why is there that except? It's because there's parameters. It's because he loves you, and any good parent knows that you need to have parameters. Amen? He gave them parameters. He gave them parameters before he gave them a person, because if you don't have standard, uh then you get in relationships and the relationships will start to create the standard for you. The relationship will start to create your identity. The relationship will start to speak of what your purpose is and and relationships will create that and that's why so many people are hurt by relationships because they didn't listen to the parameters that God gave for purity, for accountability, for being open and honest. How many of our marriages would just be better if we were open and honest? Not magic? That's one of the greatest things. I will tell my wife anything. Do these pants make my butt look big? Yes, they do. You need to change, boo-boo. I love you with all my heart and I want you to be safe, I want you to be protected. Open, honest. How many, how many, but we didn't listen to the parameters and watch this. Um, we said earlier that two are better than one and we know that's true, but, but look at this, it's true even at messing things up. Two people mess things up a lot better than one person. Can I get an amen from someone who was like, that went fast. That, that escalated quickly. Um, so if I don't have a standard, I'll get with somebody who doesn't have a standard and guess what we about to do? We about to become a hot mess. Hot mess still cool? Yes. You understand what I'm saying? We're about to be a hot mess and I want you to understand that these five things God gave to us before he ever gave a person. 1 Corinthians 10.23, I added this just just in case for argument's sake. It says, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good. For you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything. Everything is beneficial. And I want to tell you today, church, that the real power of living as a mature Christian is the ability to know you can, but choose not to. To know you can live like this, to know you can have it your way, you can put yourself in your own place, you can find your own purpose. You can just let everybody speak into your identity. You can look for your own provisions, but, but you don't have to. Because God's saying, I've given you something better. I've given you something better. I know I'm in the right place. I know that I'm moving in purpose. I've been freed by my relationship with God, but some things you only learn when they first start off as parameters as parameters my daughter knows not to run into the street because we set up parameters now she knows to look out for cars she knows to stand by the van she knows to reach up and grab my hand hold my hand daddy as we walk and, and she knows all of that she's reminding me now something that's become part of who she is that started out as parameters. And and God did all of this before he gave a person. And what we do is we think people can take us where we want to go. We think people can give us provision. We think people will give us purpose. People will give us our parameters. People will give us our identity. And they will, but there is only one that will give you the the one that we need, the one that we want to follow, the one that that's good, the the life, the, the everything that he had, everything that he made is ours. There's only one. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes in this place this morning. Relationships. Man, I I struggled with this today because I, I, I wanted to figure out a way that I can talk to everybody but I feel like when we talk about relationships that your mind goes to one place. It's it's either marriage or or dating or, or something like that and we don't think about friendships. We don't think about relationships with God. And and honestly I wanted to make sure before we leave today the very first foundational thing, the very first relationship goal that we need to have is a good relationship with Jesus. And so I wanna give you an opportunity if you're in this place or if you're watching online, you're listening online, if that's you and you don't have a relationship with God, you know it right now where you are. I believe that God's speaking to you. And I believe that God is calling you. He's calling you to himself and he's just asking you to listen to him today. If that's you, you don't have a relationship with God and you wanna say, Pastor Jeremy, I wanna change that this morning. I just wanna challenge you to lift up your hand this morning just real quick, it's just me looking around, nobody else looking around. If, if this is you and you're online, just feel free to just toss up a hand emoji or 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 just type me nobody's gonna judge you i promise you this is a safe place there are people right now all across this campus what you can't see in front of me is a team full of people that's making the live stream happen online so that you can be impacted and so that you can be part of our family and so so listen talking to you too. You're not being judged. We do this for that very purpose. So that you can have relationship with God. Not going to dwell on that much more. If that's you, just, just raise your hand. Okay. The other group that I want to talk to is those that are Saying, you know, I hear you, Pastor Jeremy, I hear what you're saying about relationships, but I've lived like a long time. Like you're you're talking about how to get started, and I'm already, you know, I'm already done with one marriage. I've my kids, you know, I, I I'm I'm looking for this, I'm looking for this. And what I want to tell you is no, this doesn't start when you start. God can fill you, God can change the things in your lives. God could set those parameters, and I, I really felt like God laid this on my spirit this morning. It's found in 2 Peter 1, 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given us everything we need for, giving, for living a godly life. No, Pastor Jeremy. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what my past holds. You don't know what I did on the way here. You don't know any of this stuff. Let me tell you when God gave us everything, because I think this is important. It says, we received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So that means the things you've done, the things that that you've had in your past, the things that's defined you, the things that, that, that I've preached to today, He has given you everything you need for living a godly life, all of this by coming to know Him.